Enemy power-up detected. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Incoming Missile, a MechWarrior online podcast. Well, you haven't heard from me in a while, so you're probably getting sick of Cousin's voice. Seriously though, he's done an amazing amount of quality work on those Marshall Olympiad updates. I know I've enjoyed the hell out of them. Meanwhile, I've been kept super busy both by real life and also by wrangling a comp team through a tournament season. It's super rewarding, but boy, hurting those cats really takes that out of you. So take a moment and thank your drop commander people. It can be pretty demanding and sometimes thankless jobs, so it's always really nice to send some gratitude back their way. Especially given we're going out of one comp season and straight into another. Martial Olympiad Reborn is wrapped now, with White Knight Legion being crowned champions of NADFB, and what a fantastic and competitive division that shaped up to be. All indicative that the MWOC admins did a really fantastic job with seeding those divisions for their premier tournament, and have shown that they're more than capable to take over the mantle of improving and expanding the MWO comp scene. So today, I'm joined by Kalon Fastar and not Bob of Aces Wild, who are joining me to talk me through their forthcoming tournament. The Innisphere Coalition. As they mentioned, this will actually be Season 2 of ISC. Season 1 having been played way back in the mists of time of 2014, when the game was shiny and fresh and NASCAR hadn't yet been invented. The Aces Wild crew also take us through the ins and outs of the tournament structure and rules, as well as giving us a few predictions on what we might see for the forthcoming competition. If you had any further questions, do check out the links down in the description. There's links to the rules as well as the ISC and MWOC discords. While you're there, remember to subscribe to our YouTube channel or on your preferred podcast platform. And if you want to flick us a line, you can follow us on Twitter at IncomingP or email us IncomingMissilePodcast at gmail.com. Finally, as ever, a big thank you to our patrons for dropping a tip in our jar over at Patreon. We're edging our way towards our goal of 10 patrons, which is the level at which we'll be able to give away a mech pack a month, every month. Right, on with the show. Target engaged. So as I mentioned in the intro, I'm sitting here with Not Bob and Kalon of Aces Wild to talk about their forthcoming tournament, Inosphere Coalition, which is dropping this week. All right, so to kick us off, tell us a little about yourselves, who you are and how, and your history with MechWarrior Online and how you came to be where you are now. Sure thing. So I'm not Bob. I'm actually the Lieutenant Colonel of the Aces Wild uh, currently. Um, our unit has about 130 currently active members that play at least once or twice a week uh, minimum. Um, I've been around MechWarrior for about uh, six years, basically since the end of open beta. Uh, that's when I started playing here. And uh, kind of just started goofing around in quick plays, like, crap, you know, I want to group. This game's kind of fun. Found Ace as well, then I've kind of been around ever since, playing tournaments, uh, basically since uh, MCW Season 1, uh, America's Civil War, all that good jazz. Um, basically all the tournaments since 2000 and probably 15, played in all of them, including a couple of 1v1s and such. Wow, so Ace as well was your first unit? It was my first unit. And how did, how did you proceed up the ranks to where you are now? <laughs> so funny story that uh, I actually started off as a cadet. We have a uh, 30 day period just to make sure everyone's, you know, comfortable with Ace as well and can find a company, all the jazz. 
uh, I started off there and then went directly to a sergeant, which is basically like a uh, an NCO, someone that does a lot of paperwork, helps keep the unit running, been around for a while. And then uh, that was within like the first 25 days of me being in the unit. And then shortly after that, my, maybe not even two months, I was a leader of one of our companies, which uh, at the time had 24 people in each company. Uh, we since downsized a little bit to be uh, a little bit more lance friendly with 18 people in a company. Uh, but I was in charge of that within like the first month. And I was uh, there for about three years until real life hit me in the face uh, with a couple trucks. So I just stepped down and retired for a little bit. Uh, but then I came back in and uh, our old leader, uh, Black Phoenix, who started the unit, uh, went ahead and up and left. Uh, real life hit him also. He's in the military, got deployed all the jazz. Uh, so he up and left. And then uh, I was put second in command with Callum in first. Wow. I mean, I can say as a unit commander that it's a pretty similar story in our unit in terms of the progression. And it, it really just comes down to people who put their hand up for responsibility, get get shoveled, <laughs> shoveled it in, oh. in, in, in heaps. <laughs> right. Or who doesn't say no the loudest. <laughs> yeah, I think that was more my case when I found out on a forum post that I was now in charge and like, oh, well then. <laughs> Lovely. How about you, Kalen? My background, uh, so I played, I, I got involved with Battletech uh, fairly early on. I think it was like 12, 11 or 12, and uh, played the board game. And then the first MechWare game came out. I played that like, oh, man, it was a cool thing. And, and Crescent Hawks and basically all the the video games as well as the board game. Uh, played every title. Heard MechWarrior Online was coming out. Jumped in, got on the, the bandwagon with that. Got into closed beta, played closed beta. I joined uh the aces wild actually like three or four days before not bob it wasn't that long and then him and i were in here and we were playing with uh, a good group of guys that had splintered off from uh robinson ranger brigade and they had a good structure they had amazing graphics and website and uh, they were organized and they had a good vision and so we stuck with them they were a lot more casual than some of the other units out there and though even not bob and i were still interested in the the competitive scene and so we we were the two or some of the two that were going out and playing mcw mrbc um the other comp uh, leagues and stuff. RHOD. RHOD. We did, uh, Dot Bob and I actually did a, did pretty well in a 2v2 tournament. I think we got like fourth or fifth, which is pretty cool. There was a lot, very good pilots in that. Um, and then while I was in the Aces, I came up with an idea for a semi-competitive league and I pitched it to our leader at the time, Black Phoenix. He thought it was great. And that's where the Interstellar Coalition season one happened. After that, I continued on playing. I have had some real life stuff where I had to step away for a while. Um, I work on uh, research ships for the U.S. federal government. So I had to leave and then come back. Um, and then when I came back, uh, Black Phoenix promoted me to colonel kind of without <laughs> my knowledge and so i've been i've been running and trying to keep the you know the the crazy train on the tracks uh since then and it's been challenged but rewarding and i'm kind of happy that we're we're going to be hosting this uh upcoming uh season of isc yeah, i'm pretty excited about it yeah i mean it, it's it's pretty interesting your first uh, version of the isc was it just completely independent so yeah it was it was there was other stuff going on, but I was like, why don't we host uh, a tournament and uh, Black Phoenix said, sure. And we initially set out to do semi-competitive because there was other stuff where, you know, the big teams at the time, like, uh, like the 228 comes to mind and a few Eon other were Lords, playing. All those guys. Yeah. Lords. Yeah. Uh, 
word of low tax. There's a bunch of uh, people that were playing at a much higher level than some of the other teams, but there was, there was still people there. And I thought, well, why not include them into something? And we ended up coming up with like 32 teams, um, including uh, 228. Uh, they wanted to put their, their junior people, their acolytes in and get them trained up and actually get their teeth cut in comp. And so they, they joined in as well. And we had a, an amazing tournament. It was actually a really good showing. Uh, and again, it was like 32 teams. It was huge. Yeah. So we're in the range of like 208 different individual pilots that participate in that first season. Wow. So it was a lot of people. <laughs> Excellent. I mean, this time you're um, sort of coming under the umbrella of MWOC, Mercury Online Comp. But last time it wasn't under the uh, MRBC or anything like that, was it? Correct. It no, was fully it was... independent. Mm. It was uh, built in-house, developed all the tools we wanted in-house, uh, even developed a special website just for in-house. Right. We've had our sort of flagship tournament for MWOC. Now with the Marshall Olympiad Reborn pretty much wrapping up now, uh, my unit has one more game to go and there's, I think, one more other game to play and then it's done. How did you guys find that? I know you participated. <laughs> yeah, so it was actually a lot of fun. So uh, Israel this time, we put in two different teams. Um, some of them uh, split off from our original comp team that was placed in Div C. Other team was placed in Div D there. And we had a lot of fun, even though we kind of figured we'd get our butts kicked a little bit in Div C, um, just because we had some in the range of like nine or ten new guys, like new to the game and new to comp, that wanted to try it out, uh, come participate with us in our division. But I, I still feel like we put up a decent showing for what we had the time that we had to train them up. It was a lot of fun for us. And then as a team lead, uh, it was kind of fun just building drop decks, getting things ready ahead of time, uh, then training, making sure people have the mechs ahead of time. I, I, I enjoy all that, all the all the aspects of comp, so I, I had a lot of fun with it. Mm. What about in terms of the general structure of it, how it was run? I think it, I think it was well run, and I think that the the divisions were were pretty good. Only complaint that I had was that for us, it was a, the, the season was a little shorter. And I think that um, having maybe larger divisions might have more matches to be played. Uh, that's one of the things that we're testing out with this second season ISC is that we have one open division using the Swiss style. And as far as we know, nobody's done that in, a, in an MWO format before. So it's going to be interesting to see how how that plays out with the differences of the skill levels from the top tier one teams down to the, the team that just joined and see if that there is good play across the board and it's not just total stomps. Uh, and I think the first matches are going to be uh, interesting to watch because it's going to set up the other matches, but we're hoping to see that. And, and the Marshall Olympiad had great gameplay, uh, great sportsmanship. The teams that we played all were great. Uh, and even while they're beating us <laughs> pretty handily in our division, they were giving us good encouragement and, and stuff. And our division uh, D uh, team actually did really well. Um, perhaps the two teams should have been swapped in their divisions, um, but they uh, they handily took that division really really well, and we're glad that they had that success and and it was a big morale booster for the whole unit. Right, excellent, excellent. That's good to hear. I mean, yeah. So you've already touched on um, this sort of rules differences here. So let's crack straight into that. I've scanned through the rules. Let's just go through like bullet points, key differences between ISC and Marshall Olympiad, which some people may be already familiar with. Sure. So a couple of the major differences. Uh, first of all, it's a 6v6 tournament uh, using a three-cap conquest system where uh, MOR was using the full five caps. 
we're using three specific caps because there's a much smaller team size. Um, we've limited just five maps. There's no map banning, so you're going to know all the maps in advance. Basically the same caps as for Battle for Midway, if people have heard of that one before. Yeah, exactly. It's the same uh, caps from uh, BFM, um, and I believe MRBC on one of their seasons, they had a three-cap tournament as well. It's going to be those same caps. Uh, basically, just you're not going to take your natural and going to fight over the other caps, uh, which encourages a little bit more playing out there, doing a little bit more risky plays rather than just trying to sit at home at safe in like skirmish or domination. Uh, we're trying to make it a little bit more dynamic in terms of that. No HPG basement strats. No, no HPG domination sitting down in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it worked for some teams and, and other teams managed to drag out the draw. It was interesting, if nothing else. But I, I, do, <laughs> yeah. I do like, I've played in a few of the three cap tournaments and, and they're quite um, fun and dynamic. And it, the, you get some interesting little um, wrinkles with the rules where, because obviously we don't get a special map just for running our tournament. So those caps are still there on the map. <laughs> and then inevitably somebody runs across it or just goes and stands on it because they forget which caps are active and which aren't. And then is it the same rule as BFM where if somebody caps the wrong point, you've got to kill everyone? Yeah, so we kept the same rules as BFM because they were they were solid rules, and we thought that would uh, continue to work well uh, for ISC. And and yeah, you get a penalty if you you screw up, which is which is good, and it and it promotes teams kind of paying attention to what's going on and knowing what they're doing and where their team is working. The penalty being that you have to kill everyone. Correct. Exactly. You have to kill everyone and win the match. You can't just kill everyone and then still lose on caps because obviously you still lost then. You have to kill everyone <laughs> and win on caps. Right, right. And then inevitably, if somebody caps the wrong point, the enemy team just scatter to the four winds. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Or all groups up in a corner and says, I dare you, come in. <laughs> I, I like that aspect of it. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Really enjoyed it. Are you using Grim Plexus? We're using uh, Grim, Canyon, HPG, and Mining. Those okay. are going to be our five maps for it, our four maps. Grim was, Grim was a bit interesting because the caps are around the outside and there's kind of nothing in the middle. Exactly. I mean, it makes it a little interesting there because I remember when we played uh, on Grim in uh, MOR, uh, or in, uh, sorry, uh, BFM, there were some really interesting strategies. Like, uh, I think we played 2 to 8 on there. And, you know, they have quite a bit more skill than us at the time. So we just were like, all right, we're going to just hold around the outside over here. We're going to keep a streak mech on one of the one on another mech. And they were trying to play Overwatch Mill because that's what 2 to 8 does. And so we made them force force push into us, and we actually beat them down oh, nice. in the brawl over there. And it's like, oh my god, that actually worked. Second <laughs> map did the same thing, uh, except this time they pushed a little bit better, and uh, we lost by literally one cap point, seven forty nine to uh -huh. seven fifty. That would have been a good game to watch. <laughs> it, it was yeah, an was, insane game. <laughs> that was so close. And then it, later too, after we had been. Uh, you know, removed from the tournament for, you know, not doing that great. We saw we saw other teams start using that same tactic. Right, I saw it used against us and other teams as well. Just holding around the outside between the two sort of outer caps, right, where you can sort of see them both from that high ridge line. Yep, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so so for all those out there listening and uh, thinking about ISC or if you're already in, uh, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the, the, the fun thing about comp is... People come up with these strategies, and for a while they can be, they can seem unbeatable. And then the fun part of it is people do come up with something to break it. Exactly, and then that becomes the new meta. Then you got to play against that. It's a lot of fun, and it's completely different from pug play, which is why it's the best. <laughs> mm. All right, so let's let's move on into some of those other things. I mean, you've you, you've uh, dangled out that carrot of uh, the Swiss system. 
I mean, I had never heard of it before researching for this podcast. So let's hear a bit about what is the Swiss system. Just, just a, so a little background. <laughs> I, I gotta put a, I gotta put a call out because uh, Queen Blade was the one that said, "Hey, why don't you guys do the Swiss system?" Because we originally were gonna use the same format as as ISC one, and then not bummer are like, "Well, let's look into this," and, and we did, and uh, we think we came up with something that that'll work. It'll be different and add some variety. And I'll let not Bob discuss uh, how it's gonna play out. Yeah. So uh, the Swiss system is actually used in a lot of other games, not just uh, MechWare. Um, obviously, this is the first year, but they use it a lot in League uh, and a lot in Dota. A lot of StarCraft tournaments use the Swiss system. And basically what it is, is it bases your, uh, your match opponents against your win-loss rather than your uh, actual skill rating. You're not going to have a set opponent the week before. So you're going to get a different opponent just about every week, and you're never really going to know who it exactly it is you can t- kind of take a guess on who it might be based on who they're playing against. Um, but the whole idea of the Swiss system is to make more fair matches later on in the season. The first one or two weeks are usually the roughest weeks. Um, and that's by design of the Swiss system, uh, where week one, they pair the highest seed against like the middle seed, and then two against the middle minus one, so on and so forth. Um, and that's just to promote, say, all right, we're going to have Eon at the top over here. We're going to say, all right, these guys are going to play against uh, Aces Wild here. Eon's obviously going to crush us, but that's so the high-rise teams are going to stay on top, and they're going to play other teams that beat that, so they don't be like Eon versus 2 to 8, that from above, fighting each other, and then they're going to play on from there, and that's kind of how the dynamic of the Swiss system works, matches your win-losses, rather than just, hey, these guys in your division are going to play everyone here. And uh, one good thing that the Swiss system really allows for is a lot of movement, not just outside your division. So, like, let's take uh, more 8, for example. Uh, the guys in uh, in Div D, our second team, did really well there. They probably easily could have competed at Div C. Well, in the Swiss system, you can basically go up a division, so to speak. I'll use air quotes, I guess. Uh, and you can go up and fight these other teams. You do well against them, you'll go even higher and higher until you fight a team that, you know, oh, crap, I can't beat these guys. And then you'll have that one loss in your win bracket there. Well, now you're going to play another team that did just as well, got those three wins, and then the one loss, then they're going to fight each other. And so the, the whole idea of the Swiss is to put better matches together rather than just, well, we see your guys' average score over here, so we're going to put you in a division. That's kind of the whole uh, premise of the Swiss system. Right. So it's kind of like an ELO system or something like that almost. Yeah, it's, it's very, very similar to ELO systems, except we don't use numbers. We go based directly off of win-loss. Right. Yep. And, and the, we will initially seed uh, the 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 schedule right for the first matches and uh based on the team players that are signed up on our rosters average yardless scores so each team will get a get assigned um based on and it actually does it if you compare players in yarls list and we'll use that to rank everybody and that's where the initial seed will start we figured that's probably the fairest easiest way to just start that uh some some Swiss systems have a voting system, but that's a little bit more complicated. We figured this would just be easier to slide right in because uh, we have access to that information. So, yeah, so it's seeded from the start, but um, and that would mean that, you know, the lowest ranked team and the highest ranked team wouldn't necessarily be playing each other in the first round. So it, essentially, it's the highest ranked team will play the top of the middle ranked team. So if you had 10 teams, it uh, or it would be the first five teams playing the bottom five teams where the top of the bottom five teams are playing the top of the top teams. Yeah. Nice. And that's just the way to start it. Um, 
And so then you start generating your win loss record from there and then it'll start resorting every single week or in our case round. Um, and then that's where the competition will start forming up and getting people more equalized. Like the first two weeks are going to be rough and they're <laughs> going to be, they're going to be very interesting matches to watch. Demoralizing perhaps a little. But there's also a huge chance for an insane upset to happen at the same time. So it's kind of fun to watch out for that, seeing like, all right, well, these guys think they have a sure win against this team right here. Oh, but psych, they lost. And so now the other team, the lower seed team, just jumped up into that quote-unquote winner's bracket or the winner's seed, I guess. And it could make for some really, really interesting play from that point forward. So even though the first week is probably going to be a stop for most of the teams there, it will still be a very, very fun round to watch in case it'll have upsets. And how many rounds are you planning on keeping going for? We're planning on doing it for uh, six weeks. Uh, we're tossing eight weeks as well, but uh, for a lot of these teams, this is their uh, first intro, so we want to keep it not too long, but not too short either. So we think six is a good, nice number for that, and that gets uh, your seating done and a couple really good matches in as well. Okay, nice. I mean, we, a lot of teams are just going straight from Marshall Olympiad into ISC. I don't know, actually. Is, the, is there quite a lot of crossover? There actually is. Uh, I think just about um, three quarters of the teams that at least I've seen uh, that I've signed up now have also played in uh, Marshall Olympiad. Um, that, that being said, a lot of these teams have also now submitted multiple teams. So like take 2 to 8, for example, they had two or three teams in MOR. Uh, they have two or three teams over here also, but they kind of switch up their players. Uh, Aces Wild, we now have three teams submitted uh, that are playing in where we only had two before. So we're seeing a lot more uh, units actually split off and make other teams to compete here. We actually have four teams, not Bob. Four? Oh, we have four teams. And you're in charge. <laughs> yeah, I'm in charge. <laughs> now I'm telling well, you now. This is your first notice of that. <laughs> yeah. I'm watching you. I'm watching you now, Bob. Uh, so oh, sweet, also, I can go back to down. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think so. So we also have a total of 20 signed up as of right now. Um, so that's pretty impressive. Uh, and we have... Uh, Cameron Highlanders has two teams. 228 has two or four. We have four. Um, and we're expecting some other teams to put in some multiple teams too. So we're looking at <laughs> some. Yep. No, hey, <laughs> exactly. we're, we're looking we're looking for everybody to get in here. And the the more we get, the better the competition's gonna be, particularly at the lower levels. Um, we've seen a lot of the the top teams play and play each other. Um, this also was uh, a good idea to use a Swiss system so that those guys actually get a little bit diversity in playing some of the other teams and they're not just the four same teams fighting each other the whole time. Yeah. I am planning on putting in at least one team. We're just trying to pin down whether it's going to be one or two. So uh, we'll get it in before the deadline, which was uh, the 1st of May, I believe. Correct. The 1st of May, midnight uh, Eastern time. Is no extensions? The- <laughs> uh, no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> We're kind of expecting uh, matches to start the next day once we get everything set up. Well, we're, we're going to be doing all the item next day, but the matches will start that following week. Uh, yeah, you'll yeah. have like a week from that next Sunday. That'll be week one kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Can we just quickly blast through the rest of the sort of rules? So quick fire round. <laughs> um, how many drops per match? There are going to be five drops per uh, match. And that's three cap conquests. Um, yep. It's the Innersphere Coalition. I'm assuming it's Innersphere only. Yep, it is Innersphere only. Uh, all mechs must be available for C-Bills. Uh, so no hero mechs, no loyalty mechs that you can't buy the base variant in. Um, you can use champions as long as the base variant is available for C-Bills. So the parentheses at the end doesn't really matter as long as you can buy the base for C-Bills. 
And tonnage? Tonnage is 325 across every single drop. And restrictions on how many of each mech you can use? You can only bring five chassis across all five drops. So you can't bring six assassins on a drop you got. You can only bring five. And if you bring five on drop one, you can't bring any in the next one. Correct. Correct. That's it for all your drops. And if you, uh, and is there a tonnage range? Does it have to be exactly 325? Nope. Nope. Uh, from 120 to 325. So you can go as light as you want or as heavy as you want. That's a, that's a decent range. That's a decent range. Um, strikes? Yep. Strikes and lock-ons, you can use them as much as you want. Uh, don't feel the need to restrict that. If you want to be dangerous and want to play an LRM deck, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> and where can people find out more if they had some more questions about the rules? Certainly. So uh, we gave link earlier. It will be on the website, theaces.com uh, slash ISC. Um, that has all the links to the rules, the sign-up sheet, and all the good jazz that you need there. And there's also an ISC Discord where you can ask us questions directly or you want to find my name uh, on the MWO Comp Discord, not Bob or Callan Farstar, feel free to shoot us a message anytime. We're always available. And I'll make sure to drop those uh, links in the show notes as well. So they'll be down the bottom, folks, uh, if you want to go ahead and look up those rules. Um, we've already touched on that the sign-up is finished on the 1st of May. I mean, that's it's already the 25th that we're sitting down and recording this. It's probably going to be another couple of days before I get the show out. So it's pretty much leaves you just a few days left to get in and sign up and obviously follow those links through the same links will take you through to where you can sign up yeah anything people need to know about registering a team uh so you need to 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 register a team you need at least have six pilots um a max of 24 um uh, a unit logo is good we we like uh to to get those up and do a lot of graphic stuff since we are aces wild we do a lot of that um so if that if you can give us a logo that's great if not we can work something out um and then the if you're going to play through the tournament, if, if you, you put up your six pilots um, and you want to add more, you can add more uh, at any time. We can't take any away and you only have 24 max. So that's that's our way of making sure that people don't submit the entire roster or their, or their whole unit and then pick and choose. Because um, we've we've seen in the past where people sneak, you know, ringers in or do funky stuff. So it's, it's just try to control the number of people's. Uh, that are actually playing in the, in the tournament. Um, after May 1st, you can submit uh, through the ISC Discord uh, any roster updates you need if you're going to add somebody. But again, everybody needs to remember that 24 is the max and you can't go over that. Um, if you don't have enough pilots for any one of the matches, you can play light. The tonnage rules still apply. Um, and, and you can go into it with like three or four people if you have to. Um, so we're hoping that that doesn't happen. Everybody has enough people, but there is that option. Yeah. Now, and uh, all roster changes are subject to our approval. So, like, let's say you're playing in a low-seeded team, and then you want to add in somebody who's like a 99.9% Yarl lister, we're gonna be like, uh, that's not okay, and we're gonna not allow that roster change. So there is limitations on who you can add. Um, if you're trying to like game the system by like starting to the seed low and then add in a bunch of people afterwards to increase your skill and just like walk through all the divisions. We're not going to be okay with that. We want it to be a fun competition, a fair competition. So we don't want any uh, gaming like that. Right. And it, it especially as the tournament goes on, those things are going to become more and more important as people get sort of streamed into their 
um, ranking level. I mean, on the first week, it might not be such a big deal if there's, you know, a good player yeah, being added, yeah. I would like assume. Like the third or fourth week, that's when it's like, oh, that's not cool, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. It's, and is it just for pro players? You know, you have to be 99% in Yao's list or... Oh, absolutely not. We got everyone from all skill levels ranging from like 99.9% all the way down to like 25%. So you can be anywhere at all in your roles. You can just play the game for fun. You can play the game at like the hardest level and uh, sweat your heart out and play the game. It's open for absolutely everyone and everyone will have a blast. That's why we did the Swiss system. So anyone at any skill level will have a good amount of time and a good good amount of fun. Yeah, we want we want we want more people playing comp and to do that you need to get new people in there learning um people have never even played mwo can start playing you never know when you're gonna have a guy come out with a ton of skill right off the bat just hasn't had a chance to do it yet so we don't want to discourage that and also with the swiss system everybody gets to play in every round uh our original isc season one it was a double elimination tournament so if you did poorly you played two matches and you were done uh this way no matter what you get to play and you get to learn something and you get to have fun yeah I mean, I, I can't stress this enough. I've said it so many times on this podcast, but you know, getting involved in this sort of thing is the number one way that you can um, quick start yourself into being a really good pilot. I mean, time and again, I have people come into our unit who are completely new to the game and they turn up for our training nights and they're like, wow, this is so different from playing the game. And I learned so much just, um, just from being involved in a, you know, a competitive structure and, a, and and being part of a team where you can actually rely on the people standing next to you, which you can't do in quick play to, you know, hold a line. <laughs> the or, truth. <laughs> that sort of thing. It's so different. And if you if you want to get better, don't don't wait until you're a good player to try a comp. Just get started. And it, it's, it really is the best way to get good. Absolutely. And you don't even have to get good. You can just have fun doing comp. Like, that's where I found my enjoyment from Mechware. Like, that's this is where I have the most fun in the game. Like quick play is nice and all faction play isn't Solaris would have been great, but it's not, <laughs> but you know, comp is just so much better than all the other modes. It's, you meet all the cool people that you play with here. Like very, very few teams here are like, Oh, you got to be the best player here in order to join us. Nah, just about every team here has been really cool to work with. Really cool to talk to. Like you can't go wrong choosing any of these teams that have signed up. Mm. And I mean, speaking for myself, what we're hoping to do within our unit, and I'm sure what a bunch of other units are doing as well, we're hoping to submit, you know, an A team and a B team. And the B team will be, you know, there for fun, memeing, trolling, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> throwing worms <laughs> exactly. and stuff like that. And uh, whatever it is that, uh, you know, uh, make someone laugh, make themselves laugh. And the A team will be tryhards and, you know, Inevitably, the B team will probably do better than the A team, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> or at least have more fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, it just just as a as a way of saying, you know, it, just get involved, it, have a good time, and uh, yeah, have some camaraderie and and fun with tryharding. Exactly. Exactly. All right, and w what do people stand to win? Let's put our money on the table here. What? Why? Why should we? You know, sell me. On this idea, why should I play? Okay, so so we've been in uh, communication with PGI, and I still have to finalize some arrangements with Tina. But uh, PGI is interested in providing MC codes for winners. Uh, we tossed around an idea of tiering it so that everybody gets something. Um, I think we're still going to try to do that, and I just need to work that out with Tina. A little bit tricky thing with the the, the Swiss system is that. Um, 
we don't yet know who all is going to be and like how it's going to work out. Um, And then instead of having divisions, we're going to have one division. And so instead of just rewarding the top three, we definitely want to give somebody, you know, something for showing up and participating. So that kind of encourages them to come and have fun, you know, and it'll probably be really small award levels at the bottom and, and definitely better at the top but everybody should get something. So I'm trying to work that out with Tina. I wonder um, if you could do it by, I mean, I'm just spitballing here. I wonder if you could do it by wins. Like every time you win, you get, you know, 500 MC or something like that. You know, that's actually a really good idea. I had not thought of that. Because there'd be a fixed, like every game has to be either a win or loss. So there's a fixed number of wins available so you can make your prize pool. I don't know. Just an idea that occurred to me. That's a fantastic idea. I'm going to start looking into that and get with Tina and maybe we can make that happen. Something else that I I wanted uh, to get out of uh, this is some kind of in-game content for everybody that participates. Uh, still working on negotiations there. Um, I did actually, I was really excited. Maybe the idea of having a, you know, like an ISC participants uh, decal, kind of like the Solar 7 ones. Uh, Tina did let me know that that's like next to impossible due to intellectual prop property problems that that uh, PGI has with creating decals like that, which yeah. I hadn't really thought of before. Anything that they make, they've got to make sure isn't copyrighted by somebody else um, or they're going to get sued over. And after the Har- Harmony Gold thing, everybody knows uh, like how touchy that can be. So I was like, totally makes sense going to work maybe a different angle on that um and then also uh aces wild is going to provide some prizes based on um some ideas that we had one of which just for an example is uh, the prize for the team that moves up highest from the their initial seating to the final position and like who jumps the most brackets um and we're going to figure out some kind of cool prize for that uh, we haven't fully developed it yet but it'll it'll be uh it'll happen Nice. I mean, I love the idea of having a, uh, you know, a in-game content reward, whatever form that takes. Even if it was a title, you know, you can get this titles participant, blah, 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 blah. Maybe that would be allowed. A bit of a MechWarrior history lesson here. I, th- I believe that in MechWarrior World Championships, they were going to add um, the winning team's logos. And yep. <laughs> someone actually started legal proceedings to say, hey, you're not allowed to use my logo that I made for my team. And that's when all this kind of happened that, wow. that now PJ yeah, won't touch sense. it. Which is, yeah. kind of has ruined it for everyone. I'd love to have my units <laughs> logo in there. You know, Dude, but, for real. <laughs> yeah, I made it. I drew it. Please, please put it in. <laughs> yeah, title yeah. is actually a good idea. I hadn't thought of that because that's just text. Yeah. So I, uh, ISC participant uh, would mm. be really good. Maybe ISC champion for the winners. You know, I'll pitch that one to Tina and, and uh, maybe we can get some traction there because that would be really cool. Because I do see uh, I was playing with somebody from EMP and they uh, had their, you know, their world championship uh, uh, title, which was pretty cool. I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot those guys got that stuff. Well, those three teams actually did get logos designed by PGI. And then um, when they, you know, the top three had their um, logos put in as decals, which was decals, which was nice because, <laughs> because, um, you know, obviously PGI had created, created them. So they're able to be ensure that it was original content. Um, yeah. So at least they got something out of that. Um, yeah. Right, right. After, after like, I think it was like two years, they finally got it, but they, they got yeah. it. They got yeah. it. <laughs> so short version of this story is we don't know what the rewards will be. 
But PGA have been really good in the past of supporting these player-run tournaments, and no doubt they'll come to the party with um, some MC codes at the very least. And um, I know you guys will, you know, do your best to sort of give participation awards uh, as much as you're able. Yeah, and it, and if PGA falls through, then we're gonna come and uh, we're gonna pitch up our own money and we're gonna put that in there. So there will be prizes no matter what. Committed, committed. GoFundMe, start a GoFundMe. <laughs> <laughs> actually that's not a terrible idea although uh we got to look into make sure that that's not crossing in kind of legal concerns with online gambling but yeah <laughs> true uh, gosh. Yeah. Legal not, 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 not great <laughs> yeah i i i'm pretty confident pgi will come to the party they're, they're like i said really they've they've got a really good track record of uh supporting these things um yeah they, they've supported mrbc since like season six or something like that uh, all the way through MOR, so I've I've no worries that PGI will give something to the table. That's what about sure. an Innisfear um, sale, like a um, competitive mix sale, like we saw for MOR? No, we actually have. I have been talking with Live, and uh, we actually have been giving them a couple ideas. We've been going back and forth. Um, last one was quite a while ago, but we uh, were contacted and we gave a couple ideas there. Um, we were we are going to try and contact them again soonish, uh, hopefully before. Uh, I see starts if we can get can't get another inner sphere sale, uh, strictly inner sphere only, just for this competition. But that that'd be pretty cool to have, because I think right now they actually have a mech base sale going. Yeah, and that segues quite nicely into um, conversation that I wanted to have with you guys, which was um, about predictions. So you know, if you were, if you're going to do a sale for this thing, what mechs you know do you think should definitely definitely be in that sale because they're an inner sphere mech that's just a really a must have. Oh man, the assassin for sure. I can see assassins for days. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> with, with with the average tonnage is like fifty tons, of around fifty fifty five tons for each pilot. You're gonna see a lot of assassins. You're probably gonna see uh, uh what else? Are we probably gonna see a couple black knights scattered in there for grasshoppers. Maybe not necessarily the black knight, but grasshoppers. You're gonna see Jaegers, riflemen just for that Overwatch look. You're gonna see a couple mechs that you're probably not used to seeing because. We've always been seeing clan mechs mixed in with Inner Sphere. And so you're going to see a lot of mechs that you probably haven't seen before. I think the Kataro is actually going to come mm. back because uh, it's got some insane structure quirk, uh, armor quirks on that mech. Mm. So we might Kintaro. be seeing that guy come back. Yep, put, the put a rocket launcher in the center to it. So, guys, and then um, as long as the, the flap that covers the rocket launcher is closed, you get a 20% reduction in all damage that you take to your center to So, So whether that's structure and armor. So you just fire off the rocket at the start of the game and then just forget all about it. And then you get that extra armor and you're set. <laughs> yeah, it's a tank, that thing. It's a beast in, yeah. in scouting. Oh, for sure. We're probably going to see a lot of spiders. We're going to see wolfhounds. Uh, the spider 5V especially, because that thing is a monster for capping with like a plus 50% quirk uh, or 80% quirk to begin with. And then you can get up to like 170%. They're obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> lucky, they ca- lucky they can't carry any weapons. <laughs> they can carry two medium lasers oh boy <laughs> but they will cap their life out uh you're probably actually gonna see urban mechs as well uh those tanky little turds <laughs> shame, shame we can't have the k9 in there that thing's a beast as well <laughs> and the sirens that's the real reason why i want the k9 <laughs> uh commandos yeah commandos they're they're nasty little buggers they're gonna sneak up and shoot you in the back and then run away <laughs> so what about more in terms of um like the deck structure. I'm hoping I'm I hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Deck <laughs> deck structure. 
Close, close enough. It's a challenge for me as a New Zealander. Come on. Yeah. You guys, stop being racist. All right. Uh, please, that sort of thing as well. Yeah, so the way that the rules go, you can just bring the same deck to every drop pretty much, can't you? In, in theory, you actually can. Because uh, you can use the same chassis five times, so you can technically use the same deck across all five drops. However, that means you're going to have a really awkward mix because all the maps are... I wouldn't say all the maps play differently, but a fair few of them play very different from each other. So I've, I feel like we're going to see a couple of fast brawl mechs with Assassins and Blees or uh, Assassins and Wolfhounds. They're going to have like a slow brawl deck with Bushwhacker, Orions, then Commandos in there, Spiders throwing in there. So I think you're going to have a decent mix of uh, fast brawl and uh, long range trade. Mm. I mean, the basic basic deck sort of tactic that people have is to split your team in two. And you have one sort of bunch of, let's say if it's 6v6, you'd say it's three fast movers. And then you have three slow pokes somewhere just doing suppression or control or whatever. Um, exactly. So maybe something like that. But interestingly, in the um, World Championship, we saw a lot of specialization where a pilot would just lock into a mech. That was the mech. If you use that mech, use that pilot. You know, if you use that pilot, use that mech. So maybe we'll see a little bit more of that in this, where it's, you know, the wolfhound guy. Exactly, or the stalker guy. Mm. Right. Although in this one, I don't think you're going to see hardly any assault due to the lower tonnage. But if mm. somebody brings that, oh man, they better be real good in that uh, big boy because that's a lot of tonnage yeah. that they're going to use for the rest of the team. But it'll be interesting to see what they bring that. And if even if they do bring that, if they bring that on purpose to be basically like the meat shield, like say you bring in the Atlas S with a whole bunch of armor and structure, it'll take five years to chew through. But while they're chewing through that, then you have your lighter mechs eating up the backsides of the other mech. Well, that Atlas is just tanking 600 damage by the time it finally goes down. Then you have your mechs already chewed up two or three of theirs. So we might see a little bit of interesting play, play with that. We think strategy is going to be actually pretty good and kind of fluid. Like you took the same deck each time um, across, you're going to be predictable. And the other team will probably pick up on that and they might try to change their uh, strategy to counter it. But this way uh, with the with the five mech limitation, you know, you could actually uh, tailor a couple of your drops, maybe even alternate, have a different loadout at play to the map. Uh, like Bob was saying, it's like you could mid max and get a get a really uh, big assault mech there and use them as the tip of the spear or you know, you might uh, have a recon be a heavy thing um, and spot for LRMs. Who knows? We're hoping that there's a mix, that there's some variety. And I think that this system that we set up now could could provide it. Um, obviously, we're going to pay close attention to see how it goes and hopefully uh, go from there for next year, for the next season, and, and refine it and see if we can still make it work. And, and also, we want to make sure it's different than the other tournaments so that there is variety across competition as well and heck there might be a team that wants to go like a six like a five flea one commando type drop drop like the lowest tonnage they can do a full cap game well if the other team does if the other team sees that like okay we're just gonna camp through these drop zones with our with a couple of our mechs right here three on one three on the other good luck trying to break through that with fleas and commandos i mean that's just so much damage that gets output in the fleas are so fragile locusts are fragile that it'll, it'll take it, 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 there's a lot of counterplay, so I don't think we're going to see like a full-on cap game like some people are worried about. I think there will be a nice mix of both. Plus, you could even bring in Intersphere Streak mechs now because they're no longer stuck to just the Streak 2. So there is going to be some nice counterplay to a light-only drop deck there, whether it's an AC-20, Gosh Rifle, or a Streak 6. There's definitely ways to play around 
a light only drop. So I think we're going to see a good variety of drop styles and maps, and especially on like something like Grim. I think that's when you're probably going to see the more quicker moving decks than anything, just because of how big it is. But you never know; it could be surprised. They might go for a control game. Hmm. I mean, the, is there any good um, Innisfere streak boats? Not really. Maybe the Trebuchet or the Kentaro, but you know, I wouldn't really use them. I'd rather use them as SRM boats. But you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just trying to think. The, the, I don't think there's any super obvious ones anyway. No, you, you can get some moving quick, but there's not great choices, to, so I would say. Mm, mm. And we'll have the Hatamoto Chi and the Charger coming in some at some time in the tournament as well, I think. Uh, so actually, that's an interesting rule that we got going on there. Any mech that comes out for Seabills after May 1st cannot be used. It has to be available uh, before the tournament starts. So it's not the start of the week, which we've seen before. Correct. Yeah, it's start of the tournament this time. That way, there's no rush to get a mech skilled up and ready to go if they don't already own it. Oh, yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, so we're trying to just make it a little bit more accessible to everyone in the community, not just the high-tier guys who probably already have the mechs and already have it skilled up. We just want to make it a little bit more accessible to everyone. And, you know, being Intersphere only, Seabill only, it'll bring a nice amount of diversity, too. Because I, I don't think there's been really an Intersphere only tournament since ISC Season 1. Yeah, and and one of the reasons that we did this because I got a lot of questions about it uh, is like why no clan max? And I was like, well, if we do it this way, it's basically it's also called the Inner Sphere, you know, coalition. So we wanted to keep it that you know kind of that focused. But it also removes any of the tech level imbalances from the competition. So you won't be seeing any you know like uh, decks that are all clan and and then beating up on decks that all the guys had were in sphere max so you don't see the tech level imbalance which we think is important but yeah i mean the only time i've experienced this has been in those you know we had those faction play events which were isvis those were always really fun because it really is just you know you smash your two like tanky is <laughs> um groups into each other and just sort of exactly two allies running into each other with their glowing eyes staring at each other <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking a, a little bit further about the streak boat. It's got to be the Bushwhacker, right? The one with six hard points? Yeah, the uh, X or the P1. Yeah. Mm. I think a Trebuchet or a Kentaro might also uh, do well there. I saw a lot of uh, SRM6 and Street Kentaros in Solaris 7. So I think they're they're definitely doable, and uh, I'm going to watch out for them. All right. It's something there. And it's always fun as a... As a a drop commander or you know drop deck craft or whatever you want to call it to um you know hit these new rule sets um you know force you to look at the problem from different angles like okay well i've solved the problem of what are the best you know clan and innisphere mix to bring for these kind of things now what if it was only the innisphere ones what would i do how would i solve those same problems and and yeah i i really enjoy knuckling down and trying to work that out yeah and, and then there's different problems that come up too with the smaller decks like oh okay and then with a slightly lower tongue zone you're like okay there's another problem here oh boy so there's different situations that you gotta think about so it's not just like all right this is a range deck right here easy done and then we're gonna choose these same mechs that we've used for the past two years here we gotta be a little bit more creative one more little thing that i wanted to ask about in that same vein was um uh, new mechs I, I'm always interested how competitive tournaments, you notice how strongly that affects the meta of the game. Like, and by meta, I mean, you know, what kind of mechs and play styles you see on the quick play battlefield. Have you guys picked up on any throughout the um, Martial Olympiad? Uh, I already had most mechs. I'm kind of a whale. I buy just about everything that comes out <laughs> there. 
Um, yeah, pretty much. You can probably, PJ can probably hear me a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for supporting this game that we all loved it. Yeah, exactly, right? Buy <laughs> all the max. You just gotta love. <laughs> yeah, and, no, but- and sometimes they, they turn out to be better later, but they weren't when you bought them. Yeah. Um, as as like the, the game changes or new maps come out or a new competition with those new rule sets where you did you're like, wow, I gotta I gotta put a I gotta fit a forty five tonner in here that can do X and is like, oh, shoot i'll just bring in you know that mech that i've never used before it'll fit perfect mm. so it, it's it's good to to have the diversity of mechs you own and it also helps keep the game going um by just financially supporting it which is always good otherwise we won't be doing this anymore which would be sad um also for uh, more i think part of your question was like what did we see in the olympiad where where we saw different mechs that we didn't see before um orion two c's i think it was the first tournament that had a lot of them in it and and i saw a ton of them being used Mm. i mean the one i'd point to that was almost completely absent at the start of the tournament and now they're just bloody everywhere is those vulcan 5ts like you just didn't see them at all and then the first week someone somewhere in a dev team probably picked up on the five medium pulse build build for that yeah i i was surprised by that one honestly like i completely forgot that mech existed it's like, holy crap! This thing doesn't suck. Oh my god! That's <laughs> <laughs> well, you also see it quick play now too, all over the place. Uh, and some like, where has this come from? And then it's like, someone said, oh no, it was being used later in uh, MOR. And it's like, oh. Uh, and people watch <laughs> the streams and they see how it performs. They're like, oh, I can build one. Yeah, I mean, we've seen a lot of fleas. I probably haven't featured any tournaments before with those Vulcan 5Ts and also the Hero, which is great when you run out of assassins. And <laughs> uh, the Incubus as well, we saw. Um, those long-range Incubuses, uh, Incubi, Incubo being used on um, <laughs> Alpine Peaks. Um, and, and even in the last couple of weeks, a few champions popping up as well. Yeah, yeah, there's... A lot of mechs that I never thought I would see there. I mean, even the spider, you don't really see the spider too much. But then when caps are important again, you start seeing one spider, two spider, three spider. Oh my God, there's a spider to every drop. What is this crap? <laughs> and then it's just like, okay, cool. So it makes sense. Then you see more urban mechs for the brawl decks, um, which urban mechs has always, I think, all been a sleeper just because how much armor it has. Um, but you never really see too much of it. Um, but yeah, there, there's a lot of stuff that, you know, it's like, oh, okay, cool. All right, guys. So, Signups finish on the 1st of May, so encourage everybody to get your team organized and in before that time, even if it's just six people for now, you can always chuck some more people in later, as long as they're not super, super good. <laughs> and um, As long as you don't throw your team off, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, if, if that's what it takes to get your registration in, just, just put it in with six, you know, and you can, I'm sure, find some people as you go along. Um, are we going to see it streamed and that sort of thing, as we saw with MOR? Okay, we've got i've already i've already uh talked to some of the uh the shoutcasters and and this is a good thing where the mw comp um you know association or grouping organization whatever it's being called um helps because they've been able to get all of these guys in one place and we've we've asked that all the teams uh post them once they schedule a match on our discord server where the shoutcasters can see that schedule and if it fits with their schedule they're going to show up and we're giving priority to any of the the shoutcasters for mwo comp and so we're hoping that there is a lot of shoutcasting there's a lot of just 
general Twitch streaming with a five uh, minute delay, obviously. But we really want to get the shoutcasters out there. Um, I talked to Kurlon and I might be guest shoutcasting with him for some of uh, the matches that I can get to. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Um, in the MOR, there's a rule about the fallback time. Yeah, we, we actually, uh, so actually, that brings up a good point I want to bring in. So initially, we did have our fallback time to be like a Friday evening, like a late Friday Pacific time. Um, but we do take a lot of feedback from the community. Uh, we t- want to talk to everyone. We want to make this best competition for as many people as possible. So we get a lot of feedback as much as we can. We're always open to it. Uh, we'll, we'll at least always listen to it. We might not take it into, in a, into account and might not play on what you say, but we're definitely listening to it. But one of the things was, hey, what if we have a lot of guys, Pacific or Oceanic or Europe, that want to play in ISC, but because we're only doing uh, North America only, um, just because we don't have the bandwidth to support it right now uh, between Count and I, um, we're doing NA only. But that being said, like, hey, what if these other teams want to join? What about a fallback time that they want to do on like uh, Saturday evening? So both sides of the world can all play. It's like, oh, crap. Yeah, that's a good idea. So we went ahead and switched it over there to a Saturday evening rather than a Friday evening. Uh, just to support those teams who might not necessarily be, you know, in North America, who might be in Europe or might be in New Zealand, like you are. So we we do have support, not necessarily implicit in like other divisions or other uh, leagues, I guess, so to speak, but support for time zones that, hey, we want to support everyone here. We want to take your feedback. We'll take everything into consideration, might not act on it, but we definitely do listen and we do uh, change stuff as needed. If something's not clear, we'll always clear something up. So just really want to thank the community for uh, giving other advice and kind of bring in what their concerns and then we kind of take into effect and kind of roll with it from there. So that's an important point and, and that um, if you're an EU team, you can play as long as you work within a, in a time frame framework. Have I got that right? Exactly, exactly. And every team is that I've ever played with in any comp ever or any group of people have always been really accommodating to no matter what your schedule is. Like I used to work overnights, but still played in uh MechWare competitive. People were cool about, Oh yeah, we can s- schedule it up two hours early or on a different day here. Uh, Hey, you're in a different time zone. Yeah, we can switch it to a weekend. No, no problem. So there's really no hindrance to just uh, playing whatever, wherever you are. The only hindrance might be just the server. It will be an NA server in the lobby, unless both teams agree they want it on a different server. But there, there's always support. Teams are great. Like this whole community is great. Like seriously, <laughs> uh, we, we down here were born with a 300 millisecond ping and molded by it, <laughs> shaped by it. It's normal for exactly. us. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm living. I'm living on the uh, the coast of Oregon right now, and you know, there's just no way around it. I'm always going to have a high ping because I'm out in the middle of nowhere, and I feel for anybody else that has that problem. And I, I, I uh, just curse all those low ping bastards out there. It's like you, uh, <laughs> like not Bob. I think it gives and takes, though. <laughs> I think it, uh, you, because on one hand, um, for example, with a high ping, you get hit when you're in cover when you've moved into cover, and on the other hand, it probably makes you a little bit harder to hit now and then. Yeah. Yeah, and then when you do yeah. a little thing, you're like, oh, I know where you're going already. <laughs> All right, guys. I mean, we we do have a um, traditional question to wrap up as well. What's your guys' favorite make? Kalon? Oh, man. Uh, right now, it's definitely the Assassin. Um, 23? I love that mech. Or 21? I, I like to go fast. and uh, The 23 and the Dark Depth. Uh, the Dark Depth has the uh, Stealth and ECM. And you can do some amazing things to an enemy team by shooting them in the back and getting them all to look at you while your team kills. Nice, nice. What, what's your loadout? 
Oh, on on the the DD, it's uh, two SRM sixes with uh, I think it's got Artemis and medium lasers, and then ECM and Ooh. stealth armor, and goes at 130 kph so you can get behind enemy teams and uh especially if you got a couple of them get them to squirrel on you um and then and then signal to your team to start a, a, a nice push while they're all facing you and it has some devastating when it works it's great it's awesome nice. i love doing that although i wind up being bait and if you talk to not bob that's where he wants me. In every match. It's true. Callan, go out there, get them to shoot you. We'll kill everybody. I'm like, all right, I'm going. So you're the bait on the hook. It's Always. exactly what it is. <laughs> so is. He, he knows, he knows that I know what's up and, I, and I'm going to push and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it right. So I usually get, I usually get that. that. He, he gets the honors of going in first. <laughs> All right. I mean that that's actually a good answer. I, I like that answer because um Dark Death isn't a isn't a mech that I've picked up and uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and probably buy one tonight actually and try that out because that sounds like fun. How about you, not Bob? Oh man, that I, I hate that question because I've gone through a couple mechs that I've absolutely loved. Like my first mech that I really ever loved was the uh Firestarter Ember back in close beta. Man, that thing was a monster. Uh, before they did the skill tree, I racked up like close to like a million and a half experience on that sucker. Had that 3D printed model of the mech. Oh man, I just love the Ember. Um, but then uh, I started playing a lot of the Summoner with the two ER PPCs. That thing is just a dream. Like it's so fun to just like pop out of cover and just blast somebody from Manager's way in their snaz and then go back down. They can't do anything about it. That mech's just, it's probably my favorite mech to play. Um, mech, and the only other mech that could compete is the Orion 2C with the gigantic brawl. Like I love me some good brawl. I love me some good ear PPCs and the Ryan 2C. Oh, that's a good brawl mech. <laughs> Got some speed and some amazing tank for a clan mech as well. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> what about the Innisphere, the VA? The VA is a budget Orion 2C. So it's I will play that one. It's got more armor, but it doesn't have as much uh, space for all the heat sinks. That's the problem. <laughs> yeah. It's it's slower is, is the number one thing, but yeah. it's tankier and it does a higher alpha as well because, you know, the Innisphere assumes do more damage. So. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> fun. So, guys, if you do want to take part in the tournament, click the IAC link down in the show notes. Hit the red sign up now button at the top of the page and submit your team. Remembering you've only got a couple of days now to do that. Comp really is the most enjoyable part of this game and also the most rewarding. And as I've said, the best way to improve at the game as well. If you're hearing this after the 1st of May or you just don't have time to get a team in, Remember, you can still join an existing team's roster. One way to do that is to head over to the ISC or MWO Comp Discord and drop your name in the Looking for Team channels. Otherwise, make sure and follow the action on stream. Head over to MWO Leagues on Twitch and hit the notifications bell and cheer on your favorite team. Any final words from you guys? Uh, thank you very much for uh, having us on your show, man. Really do appreciate, appreciate getting the word out. And to everyone listening, thank you also for uh, supporting him over here. I mean, he does a great job with these. Listen pretty much all the time. Uh, it, it's a good podcast to listen to as you got a lot of downtime. Cousin's been doing a power of work with those up weekly updates, and I have really not been helping at all. So th thank you very much. But I'm going to just just divert those thanks straight onto him because, yeah, he really deserves all the praise for that. <laughs> well, well, thank you to both of you, obviously. Yeah. Thank you for your entire team and everything you do. It's it definitely helps and it improves the community overall, and and that just means more people will be around 
paying attention and playing. We love it. And thanks for everybody that's signing up for ISC. Uh, pretty blown away. We've got 20 teams. Uh, always could use more. And just excited to have everybody doing this again and uh, making it as big as ISC 1 was. We were blown away back then with 32 teams. And it was great. Well, th- thanks, guys, for, for that. And, and thank you for, um, you know, putting together this tournament because it is, you know, it's a decent amount of work that goes into you know, administrating something this size and, um, you know, we've already talked about the benefits to individuals, but there's a huge benefit to the community to have these tournaments being organized and run and, you know, you don't get paid for the work. So, you know, thank you guys for doing that. I hope <laughs> no. you knew that. Did you guys know? Yeah. You're not going to get paid? <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? Man. man, now they tell me. <laughs> Oh, I, I'm always doubling or, or dividing by four, not Bob's pay and Ace's wild, you know, and just to pay. Um, it still amounts, still amounts to a, a pretty flat line level of fundage. Doubling your pay, still zero. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. You get two zeros. Two zeros are still zero. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks very much for talking to us and uh, enjoy the rest of your evening. I suppose there's not much of it left. You're pretty late. Yeah. E- evenings are the best time anyways. There's plenty of evening left. And it plays the mech warrior. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thank you. Cheers. Have a good one. Have seven mech warriors. If you did enjoy this content, then please consider supporting us. You can do this in a multitude of ways, including subscribing to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform and leaving reviews, as well as subscribing to us on YouTube and liking our videos. You can also support us by sending us feedback, either through comments, tweets, or directly through email. Tweet and follow us on Twitter at IncomingP, or email us directly at IncomingMissilePodcast at gmail.com. You can also support us directly by becoming a patron or sponsor. You can find us on Patreon at Incoming Missile Podcast and choose one of three tiers of support. Patrons not only get mentioned on the podcast and get access to exclusive content, but can even join us as a guest host on the podcast. You can also opt to sponsor an episode through one-off donations, all of which will be used as giveaways for our listeners. So if you had a product, service, or content that you'd like us to mention, contact us to discuss sponsoring an episode. We hope you enjoyed this episode. We look forward to hearing from you. We appreciate you listening, and we'll catch you next time. Shutting down.